UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Okay, there's that. And I'm just hitting the show intro. Hey guys. Well, another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have two fascinating guests back with me today. They've both been on my show separately, but today they're on together, and it's two amazing secret space program uh, uh, experiencers. I have with me Daryl James and Rebecca Rose. Um, Rebecca Rose is a secret space survivor, multidimensional energy intuitive, seer and channel, and Daryl James enlisted in the Navy in 1999. He served seven years um, and then after that, he was enlisted in the secret space program. They both have experiences with um, reptilians and uh, extraterrestrials. And I, I, I believe they're the real deal. That's why I wanted to have them on um, to share their stories. They've, they've done it on Journey to Truth before. So it's going to be interesting to see what they say. And I'm probably not going to be paying much attention to the chat because I want to pay more attention to my guests. But it will at the end, maybe we could have a Point where you guys ask questions and they can answer your questions if you have any. So we'll save that for the end. But um, I just want to welcome them to the show. Uh, Daryl, Rebecca, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Good. Good to be here. Yeah. Likewise. Good to see you guys again. Yeah. Um, now, now I, I wanted to start off um, with uh, asking you guys, like you guys both have amazing stories. If you could just tell, like for the, I know the audience, everybody probably knows your story, but if you could get God, if you guys could each give a, a, a small little brief introduction to yourself and how you got involved in the secret space program, and then we'll get into the bigger stuff. Yeah, sure. Sure, I guess I'll jump in. <laughs> I'll go ahead. Yeah, so I was taken back. I'll do the... wait for her oh. to come back. Uh, I was in, uh, I joined the Navy in 99 and uh, did five years of battalion and then um, almost five years. And then in 2003, I was stationed in St. Morgan, England. And uh, I basically just was at the quarter deck, which is like, you know, like the lobby of the base. And they had me uh, escort civilian workers through from the corporation, the Siemens. And I walked through a metal detector and they told me, I, uh, I guess this metal detector was some sort of scanner that, that told you everything. It told you if you had clots, what your IQ was and things like that. And they said I had 195 IQ and they asked me if I wanted to volunteer for something called Project Solar Warden and become a pilot of a four kilometer long starship. And that's how it happened. And, and it all started from there. And what about you, Rebecca? Yeah. You guys have volume on me? You can mm -hmm. hear me? Yeah, we okay. have volume on you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was taken back in the late 70s and early 80s, 82. I was taken out to Mars for the, the longer 20 back um, and experimental programs before that. My father was working with Naval Security and with Lockheed Martin and had a top secret clearance and was involved in that um, the, the world of dark, dark ops. And that was really my inroad uh, to all these programs, kind of through him and what we, he was involved with. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Now, what I wanted to talk about, which you might, I don't know if you guys discussed this on and you did the journey to truth, but like, what, what are some things that you guys might be able to corroborate on and that you guys have in common about your, your, both your testimonies? Mm. Oh, Daryl. Oh, <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, we have Mars in common. We have, I know we have both experience on Mars and I'd kind of be interested in talking about Daryl's experience with the Mar the reptilians, the natives there, because we both have overlap with that. And of course, we could always talk about the Colonel, you know, um, we have that in common, but we, I think we have some of the, like what's commonly called as super soldier stuff in common. Although Daryl, were you, was it in the nineties when you were taken out? No. Oh, you cut out Daryl. I wasn't stationed in, in St. Morgan until 2003, but I okay. joined the Navy in 99. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And what happened to you? We have similarities over time, you know, like mm -hmm. with the, the, the Mars, the beings on Mars. And maybe did you have experience with the mantids as well there, Daryl? Yeah, that was mostly what we were going after was mantis because yeah. they're... Yeah. DNA manipulation and things like that. The reptiles and the dark fleet wanted them because they're really good at DNA manipulation. And yeah, and there was like a reptilian kind of a, like an Amish community almost like that. It seemed like where I think it was almost like they were paying like some sort of like penance or something, penance uh, with uh, being involved with destroying Mars. As far as I remember, I, I think it that's what it was in the sense of uh, taking all the water out. They used some sort of weapon that destroyed all the water on Mars and made it. A nearly dead world and uh they kind of just use very low-tech stuff technology with like putting uh things that look like rocks together to create uh, heat fire they would put it in a hole but yeah they were mostly just they were kind of just like a very low-tech almost like hunter-gatherer kind of reptilian society on mars um and yeah it was most and that was when i was in the dark fleet with the, the off-world germans yeah yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. My experience with the, the, the reptilians there, you know, is similar to what you said about them being like an Amish, somewhat uh, like an Amish, you know, not low tech people. But for me, I didn't, I experienced, they, they picked me up. I, I was out on patrol. I was with, for viewers who don't know, I was with like what we'd call the defense force for Mars. So we were patrolling the base, protecting the base and doing offense missions. And um, I had crashed in a solo patrol craft in the middle of, you know, Mars is out in the middle of nowhere, let's say. And they picked me up. Um, I was my, I was a cyborg. I mean, I was very much augmented with, with all kinds of tech and they picked me up and brought me back and it was in their, into their under, underground um, domicile or their home there. And they kept me around for a while. And I have, I actually have pretty good memories of being with them. Um, I, they didn't have, like you said, Daryl, they didn't have the technology we normally associate with, um, you know, craft and weaponry and uh, high-tech genetic, whatever. Maybe maybe your group that you you interfaced with had that, but the group I was with was very spiritually evolved, and they didn't have any intent to harm me. Ultimately, they ended up kind of <laughs> cannibalizing me for parts. They wanted to know if I had a soul, and they wanted to know if. The, my my biology or my technology could help save their race, which seemed to be dying out. There was a small group that had been regressed because they were so inbred. Um, they had survived. This is my impression. It might be a little different from Daryl's, or at least for this group, they had survived some kind of cataclysm on the planet, and were were had used had learned to use the spiritual technologies related to their planet, just like we can use the spiritual technologies connected to Terra for our own advancement, when you're working in a co-creative way with um, living consciousness, they were able to make food and have water underneath the planet or under underground and so on and so forth. I mean, it was a, I experienced a more of a idyllic realm um, under the surface of Mars there. But like I said, in the end, I, I didn't survive that with them, but, but with them, I felt like it was the most hospitable experience I have probably from being in the SSP because they treated me more like um, human or human or family or something that was not just a, a, a slave. So, yeah, that seems to be a common theme, like that they, that, that a lot of people get taken in and, and, and they, they get like, but honestly, like abused, like it seems like pretty lawless, these programs, Would you guys both agree to that? I absolutely. Oh, yeah. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the only law is you could do whatever you want to an underling, somebody you're above, but, you know, you need to watch out because someday they might be above you. So and that really seems to be the only code. 
that I saw, especially with like the reptiles and stuff like that. It was just they basically they could do whatever they want to you. But you know, you but you are you know important in a sense that you are a member of the crew, so they just can't you know kill you just for the you know to do it. And there there is a uh, drawbacks to you know things like clinical death and uh, shock. There's drawbacks to that going into shock too many times, clinical death. I remember the executive officer told me that I was killed by the reptiles like the third day I was there. We were overrun by him. And, uh, but he said they were able to salvage your consciousness is how he put it, which is like, they made an exact clone of me and they were able to salvage the part, I guess that makes me, me, like my soul, mm-hmm. put it the exact clone of me. So, yeah. Yeah. I could very much relate to that, Daryl. Thank you. Yeah. Salvaging the consciousness and putting it in another body. Uh, absolutely. I experienced that. I mean, over and over again. So it always seemed like they had for me always had a, like a clone at the ready or so, but like going back to your question, Rob, like I feel like I was in the gutter of the programs where all they were doing was trauma-based mind control and like the worst kinds of trauma they could possibly inflict and um, seeing how they could break a person. And, you know, I felt like when I was on Mars, there were just, I mean, there were, you know, it's been said before that the colonies were run by psychopaths and what I saw on Mars really bore that out. But this was, you know, it could be a different iteration of what other people experienced later on. Um, I don't know. I, I, have, a, I have a simple question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Daryl. No, I was just going to say, I saw the moon that way more as like a punishment than anything else. Cause I was on the moon mm-hmm. and that seemed, it was like an observatory and like a dream cone harvesting kind of world, but it was also just like there, there were people that sit there for punishment period. And that would be like, uh, they would do 20 to 40 years, 20 years back. You could do 40 without having any kind of a, withdraw any kind of uh, adverse effect from the uh, age regression process after 40 years you, you can get a psychological damage of being age regressed more than 40 years they don't do it really but yeah they don't wipe the mind and they just uh, put the person back in time where they started off and uh, yeah it's, it's one of those things where they usually kill themselves because it's such a traumatic thing going through you know what they do put you through and that's that's, a, that's what the moon seemed like to me more like punishment yeah, here's my question. Why? And I'd love to hear what Jeet you have to say about this. Why do you think? I mean, you, I know you guys have to have theories on this. Like, I was thinking, why do you think this is so hidden from us? And that's not may sound like a simple question, but it's a huge question because it gets into disclosure. And like, do you think it's because it's more advantageous for them just to kind of take people at their will and use them for whatever they want? Is that kind of what's going on with why we're being? like held back from knowing that there's life on other planets and there's all these things going on? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. That's a big one, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I would just say, I mean, that it, it, for us to be kept as slaves on this planet, and I think that's a paradigm that's changing, by the way. I mean, we have to be kept in the dark, period. We can't know very much about our own liberation, our own capacities, because partly in the programs, what they're doing is taking our biggest assets as humans, our our abilities as humans are are immense and they're inverting them and controlling them so if they started talking about ets and the space program and things like that people might get turned on to what what we actually are here and what we have inside of us that would be deleterious to to the status quo here with the with the deep state and everything else but that's just my take um yeah yeah yeah, no that's that i think that's fascinating what do you think daryl well, I, I mean, I asked like the executive officer, why do you deal with these things? Why do you work with these things? And he told me we have a contract. So it seemed like maybe with the uh, you know whole Eisenhower thing, I heard he maybe signed a contract with the uh, Greys or Reptiles or something like that. But he said that. He said we have a contract. It's a necessary thing. But yeah, it's also because I believe that we are many uh, strands of DNA from different uh, races and things like that. And our true potential, I think, frightens them. And uh, we're, we're like a major area for a lot of ETs. And it, it's strange that we don't even know that. There's a lot of jumps in our solar system that you, that's required for ships and things like that. We're one of like the, the, the hot spots for ships to go through and things like that. But and it's strange to me that we really don't know that they're even there. Yet, you know, we're, we're such a, a large part of it in the sense that, you know, through these sacred space programs and stuff like that, where people don't even know that it exists. 
And I mean, and the, and the policy of these officers and stuff in the military that are in the program that do keep their memories because they're regular officers, they're not like enlisted or non-commissioned officers that join. They have an attitude of just, you know, well, they don't know anything. Like as far as people that aren't in the program, like they don't know, you know, how the universe works. They don't know anything. It's pretty much what the idea is about us. That's fascinating. Um, one thing I wanted to cover I, that you guys kind of touched on in your in your um, journey to truth interview, but I kind of wanted to get deeper into it because I want the people to get an understanding for who this person was, was the Colonel Michael Aquino. Um, and people know him. I think he was the, the, the person from the Temple of Set, but he has deep connections supposedly to the uh, secret space program. Peter Moon came on my show and first started talking about him. And then I heard about you guys each talk about him. Can you guys each tell me a little bit about this person and what his connection is to the secret space program and how deep he goes and, and the things he's done? Ooh. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, Daryl, you want to go? <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I just saw him when I was first being, you know, getting, they were preparing to put me into this program, and I guess it was right after I walked through this machine that looked like a metal detector, and they saw I had high scores, and uh, I went to uh, watch, I went to, like, midnight the four watch at the quarter deck, and he was just standing there looking through papers, standing up, looking through papers at the, uh, the desk of the quarter deck, and I'm guessing it was probably whatever they had on me is, and he, he just wanted to see me in person, talk to him. And I said, hi. And I recognized him right away. Cause I saw him on Oprah when I was a kid and he was talking about all the, you know, temple of set and things like that. He's got the turned up eyebrows. So it's pretty easy to recognize him. Um, but then later on when I came back, I, I was wound up being tortured by him. And uh, he was actually like some sort of a reptile where and he was fourth density so he seemed to kind of change he seemed to kind of go from something to look more like a snake just coming out of a humanoid like body with like a red cloak and like a uh, like a red hood and a red cloak and he kind of went into something that looked more like uh, something that had long fangs something that looked like a non-venomous snake long fangs because like i said it's kind of like fourth density is kind of like spirit world and astral plane and i remember i was asking robert about him and he was telling me, you know, we shouldn't talk about him too long because uh, we could conjure him. And I, I said, what? And he's like, yeah, he's fourth density, he's like spirit world, astral plane. We wouldn't even know he was in the room with us because we could do that. I didn't even know what he, like, it was really bizarre what he was saying to me. But yeah, he himself said to me personally that he was some sort of a Egyptian god. Very old, thousands of years old, the reptile that controls him. And the guys on base told me that... Uh, there's some sort of machine that can uh, pull the consciousness out of a body, but it has to be done before puberty. But it can't be done uh, too early in age because the body's mostly sedentary because it's used as like a vehicle. And uh, so they usually do it around, you know, nine, 10 years old, and they have some sort of machine that can extract consciousness. And then I guess this reptile uh, projected its consciousness, its soul into this body and kind of use it as a puppet. That's fascinating. I was going to ask you guys what you thought about this. Like um, I had a doctor, uh, Dr. Kim, she comes on my show all the time, Dr. Kim McGeorge. She said that a lot of times when you're in these programs, they can take, they can use your consciousness um, at night while you're sleeping. Like, And I know this is kind of different from what the secret space program theory is now, or, you know, like what memories might be, but like, do you think that's possible? And do you think they're doing that now? Do you think more people are being taken than we know? Like, I'd like to get each of your thoughts on that. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I agree with that. I, I actually work with a lot of clients who come to see me because they, they see me speaking, you know, publicly. And of course, I'm getting the people who've been in some kind of program seeking me out. But, but I see a lot more of the astral type abduction going on now. I think it might have changed over time, over the decades of the programs, right? And now it's like there's there's a, and I think, I think it's just intensified with 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 uh, the taking people's consciousness. It's always been there, but it's more of they've refined that kind of technology. I also feel like the programs are on the wane. Like I don't feel like it's 
there's there's a morphing or a flux or a transition time happening with some of this is some, often what I read, but but that's absolutely the case, 100%. Because it goes back to what we were talking about, like on Mars, if, if I was killed, or maybe Daryl, you have a consciousness field that we are that can be built around the biology, and then you have a clone, which can perform many different functions, um, depending on what's needed. So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it's. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Daryl. No, I was going to say, I, I, I think there's some sort of DNA kind of connection with the uh, individual consciousness, though, because even with, uh, I remember the guys on base talking about even Aquino and stuff like that. It had to be do something with bloodlines, there had to be a proper bloodline, maybe some sort of reptilian. But even with, uh, you know, with us, if they created even like a hybrid, like a reptilian hybrid that you had to be in, it had to have your DNA. And when you saw people who were in like these hybrids, they had their consciousness put into them. They kind of look like a son of theirs almost or something, but with like reptilian features, it looked very, very familiar. But yeah, yeah, I remember that. I was just going on with what Rebecca was saying about how the consciousness is, yeah, it's, it's something, it's real and it's something else, yeah. And then Rebecca, you, one thing that you said that I wanted to go back on was like these astral abductions. Like, do you think these are being done by the grays or like, it seemed like it, it did evolve because like, or maybe back in the eighties and nineties, maybe abductees didn't have a way of kind of explaining it. But now since we've evolved, like since we're more evolved spiritually, we can kind of almost like transcend what it means to be an abductee and, and realize that mm -hmm. some of these things are happening on the astral plane. Would you agree with that? Or, or what are your thoughts on what's going on with the abductions? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, the, the, the astral stuff has been, well, I guess I said this, you know, that's been intensified. Um, I just see that there's, I mean, I think you said, well, who is responsible for this? I don't think it's the greys. I think it's the, the, the dark military, you know, combined with extra dark extraterrestrial technology or using higher elevated technology for dark ends to do this. So um, I think it, it, it maybe underscores the importance of working on our own sovereign consciousness and continuing to be like the masters of our own self so that we are not being, you know, uh, enslaved by that kind of thing at night. Um, the more we own our own consciousness, the less they can tamper with us. And the more we understand our own sovereignty and power, the less they can do to um, take us out. But um, yeah, I was trying to ask yeah, about it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, because um, I, I I heard you say that, like, your family was, like, kind of involved with, like, you think, that you said that your family members might have been taken at some point, and, and, and I wanted you to talk about that, what happened when you were younger, and your family's possible involvement with abductions, if you don't mind. Yeah, well, my brother was, my brother, who was four years older, was also taken out. I don't think he really realizes what happened to him. And I'm, I'm kind of hoping he finds my videos, or, you know, can kind of develop a framework like ETs are real. And, you know, I was taken out too. Um, so, well, I guess we talked about my father being involved in the programs. I think my, my, my father was uh, an aerospace engineer who was also involved in developing, I believe, uh, psychotronic technology. And all kinds of satellite tech that could be used to, you know, beam, beam humans in, you know, surveillance, whatever, you know, you want to convey to humans, whether they're sleeping or awake. I think that was some of the seminal technology he was helping to develop a long time ago. Um, and I think both my parents were breeders for my lab kids. My mother comes from a German bloodline that had dark reptilian inside of it. Um, and there was ritual abuse from that bloodline. Her father was a black magician, my grandfather, and I have been able to actually, un unbeknownst to me, this, this, this occurred that I was able to actually change my DNA to align it with benevolent, like Lyran white dragons and backfeed that into the lineage. So that is no more. I mean, that's amazing. When that happened, I didn't know you could actually change your DNA. But but back to the point of that, if you've got the dark reptilian on mom's side, my father, who was involved with the Orion Collective, and had he was a Zeta hybrid himself, we have that as a perfect recipe for kids to be taken into the programs later. You know, have a couple starseed kids, give them this kind of traumatized early life, um, the ability to dissociate, which they're always looking for in the programs. You know, kids who ha come from um, a lot of abuse in early life are going to tend to dissociate very easily. That's that's an immense uh, 
bonus in the eyes of the, the, the people running the programs. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that one thing, I don't know if you guys have talked about, do you guys have share experiences with some of the extraterrestrials that you've encountered or that you've, I mean, it seems like you both have had encounters with reptilians. Um, what's the energy like being around them? Because I heard from some people that if you're around a reptilian or a gray, a real gray, like, you know, like there's, like there's the biological grays, but I heard if you're around a real reptilian or a real gray, it can do something to your energy field. It can almost paralyze you or, or make you feel really weird. Like, is that true or in your experience? And what do you guys think about that? I remember the first time. Well, not the very first one I saw. The very first one I saw, I think it was probably more like a warrior or working cast. But I remember seeing more of the royal cast. And yeah, other people would shake around them, but it didn't really seem that. It didn't really affect me that way. But other people would get very terrified and start to tremble if they wanted them to. But I also remember them being able to do... They could almost seem to make the room seem darker and make them seem themselves seem larger and more intimidating to you, even though it didn't really, I don't think that was actually happening. It seemed to uh, like skew kind of like your, uh, you know, just your, your observation of reality, like what was actually happening. They could actually make these things seem different and almost cause. I remember that where they could just, they could kind of completely change things and you wouldn't even know what was happening. I remember that. Also, and what about um, your? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Were you... <laughs> I was just gonna say we could make a distinction between, like, say, all reptilians are not the same group. So, like, the Mars reptilians are gonna be super different than what I think we're talking about here, which is the Draco reptilians, right? I think you were talking about the Draco right there, Daryl. Yeah, Draco. Yeah, like like the royal cast, or like the, yeah. the ones that were in charge. So, yeah. and. <laughs> Yeah. Similar experience. Like when I was, I was owned by the Draco. Once I finished up on Mars, I was sold as a weaponized asset, a clone through the slave trade to the Draco and worked with them out on the, in the Kuiper belt. They had a, a large planet, which at the time was the hub, one of the hubs for the galactic slave trade. And I was a patrol for them protecting their, you know, one of their big ships. But yeah, I could, I, my, my body just kind of goes like, uh, they would come through. I would, a lot of times because of my position, I mean, as a really a, a slave being, um, you wouldn't have to interact with them so, so uh, directly. But if I would be around the Draco, I'd just look down and not make eye contact. But it's true. What Gerald said is absolutely true. I experienced a lot of like, they can send signals into your mind and put you into a heaven realm or a hell realm holographically in a moment. I mean, they can manipulate the mind. It's way beyond telepathy, but it's sending you into a holographic experience. Um, and it's there, there were frightening, you know, the, the Draco that I was owned by and experienced out there. Um, they do have, I think you had said, you know, like, what is their field? Like, absolutely. The, the Draco can, uh, it's operating at a different density, but it's creating a more of a denser environment within the human energy field. And so we can be operable by fear. And then, so this seems like there's a, almost like a feeding that goes on um, with that. Like an energetic feeding, like they're feeding off mm -hmm. your loosh or something like that. A little bit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. They do that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. They enjoy that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, have you guys had experiences with other extraterrestrials as well, like greys or mantids? Or um, did you ever experience what, what's I know, Rebecca, you it seems like you're in touch with a lot of different um, species recurrently, right? I have been. Um, and I would just say nothing compares to the Draco at that scale anywhere ever in my personal experience. There is nothing that compares the greys. No, <laughs> nothing like that. No. Because it's like the the Draco are paralyzing you with the mind. Um, the Greys are, you know, were working in a dark, dirty way, but they weren't. They didn't have that proclivity. Um, it was very different. So, yeah, Daryl, you. Have we got a question from. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Daryl. Uh, yeah. Arcturians. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, I had experience with them. They're the dark blue ones, correct? Arcturians. Yeah. I remember them, yeah, and they have like black pupils, and their pupils, um, black eyes, and their pupils look like uh, 
like blue swirling galaxies kind of. They almost seem to move when they're when they're talking. And they're I think they're ninth density, which is what I was told. Uh, that's the highest we know of. I was told. I, mean, I know of, there's other people that say there's a twelfth density and things like that, but. I was told by members of the military and stuff like that, that's the highest that we know of. And that other ninth density beings is the highest that they know of. But yeah, like I, I, the grays and things like that. I remember the drones, the working, they're like the working ones, the ones that were kind of like a light brown. They seem to have almost like a shared consciousness. And uh, yeah, the reptilians, if they were like the warrior cast, the working cast, they were kind of, they were decent, I guess you would say in a sense that they were kind of indifferent. I remember that to suffering the bigger ones, but uh, the ones that were like more my my height. I, I remember the ones they were probably about five eight, five ten, about. But they wore like robes and the drug behind them and stuff like that. I don't remember seeing really big ones that I've heard of, like the white ones. I don't remember seeing the very large white ones. But yeah, and then also I had experience with like Pleiadian Nordic type people, and they have almost kind of like a, something that really stood out with with me was there's the like elders, like elder females and males, and they get taller and they get much more spiritually lightened. And they would do something that was almost like a psychotherapy with you. If you had something traumatic in your uh, your past that you, you had to deal with, and they would have you uh, go through the scenario over and over again in your mind. And you were actually were reliving it, but they were like there with you. So it was something very terrifying, but they were there with you. And they would say like, you know, what was it about that? They really, you know, bothered you, and they would have you experience it over and over again until it, it wasn't that bad anymore, and it didn't seem that bad. But yeah, the Ecturians, they I remember I I, I asked them that I said, uh, why aren't you helping us? You're not you're not doing to help us because they're one of the ones that major ones as far as higher density beings that are helping Earth. And I got kind of frustrated, and uh, the one I was talking to, it was weird. It became me exactly like me like it was like i was looking at myself all of a sudden and it kind of mocked me almost like it kind of showed me i was being like a child like like i was being a baby like why are you taking so long what are you doing that and it was almost like a mocking kind of thing and it was kind of showing me the way i was acting and the way it saw me the way it perceived me and uh but yeah i remember that about their experience but yeah they were very good people i asked i remember i asked if i could uh touch one of them one time and uh, I, it asked me why and i said uh well, because, you know, I'm not going to remember this and I'd like to remember this. You know, I could make contact with you. It would be a memory I could hold on to. And I, I it, you know, I just placed my hand on top of his head. It was a male. And it just seemed very, it was like flesh. And I remember, I remember and they do have a, an ability where they can kind of, because they're such a higher density being, where they can appear on the ships and things like that. But they can also make themselves like flesh, like solid. But they're like a being that doesn't need a craft and stuff like that. But yeah, they can just appear, but they can make themselves solid as well. And yeah, I mean, they were very good beings. They see things on a much larger scale. And they live a lot longer than us. So to us, it seems like they take too long. And, you know, the, 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 the ways they do things can seem very tedious. It's taking forever, but it's just the way things have to be done as far as they see it. That's interesting. Have you have you ever had experiences with the Arcturians, uh, Rebecca? Yeah, I have, and I agree with Daryl. They're very upper dimensional, and and they've come to me personally for healing. You know, helping me with my own healing journey, and, and then they come into my actual client sessions a lot to assist. And um, I would say there too. There's you know there's different groups and different densities of Arcturian. Um, but they're all. I mean, the, the experience of I, I have had have all been really positive, and and like you said, very. Um, elevated and, and maybe like yeah like we have they have a, a like you said as well like a longer lifespan and a higher much a higher perspective of everything which might not always um make sense to our human third density mind perspective but they always seem to show up as healers um and yeah and one thing I wanted to get into, Rebecca, with you, with you, as was I was looking over your website, and it's because I was trying to come up with questions to ask you guys for today. And um, I saw that you you provide some services, and I'm I'm really interested in them. I know one of them is like an ash you can do an like an astral journey, and then another one is a galactic attunement. And but you offer a lot of services. Can you talk about what they do and um, what like what you're, you're what you're doing right now for your clients? 
Yeah, a lot of it is doing readings and like soul counsel, you know, for whatever kind of, you know, wherever we are, if it's a really human question, or maybe it's a, you know, you have trauma you want to work on. I do healing sessions with um, uh, different energies coming through those sessions and working at a higher level. Um, but I think, I mean, there's a lot out there. I do the inner child healing sessions as well, because it's all it's all based on kind of what I've done on my own journey that that I have the most experience with. It's come through kind of psychically for me over the process of my own evolution in the past 10 years, um, things that occur naturally to me. I wasn't ever seeking that stuff to come through me. But when I started, my life was falling apart 10 years ago because I was starting to have memories come back. And I started to meditate. And when I did, my psychic ability really opened up. And so it is to this day, you know, and continued um, perseverance on a spiritual path, which has healed me and also allowed all of the material that I experienced in the programs to come back. And now is a thing that allows me to help other people. So I can um, attune to higher realms and kind of bring that as a, as a channel or a light force, let's say. I'm just a conduit. Um, bringing that through for the client. So we can gather a lot of information um, about whatever might be, you know, uh, something you want to inquire into. Yeah. Um, one thing, Liddy, uh, from the chat, uh, this was a good question. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, I'll put it on the screen. Um, they're, they're asking about the arachnids from Mars. Like uh, I had a guest come on my show yesterday and she was talking about inner earth and, uh, they, 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 the, the thing got brought up with these arachnids that are like supposedly around this spider race of aliens. Have you guys heard of these? And what are your thoughts on them? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was killed by a spider on Mars. Um, and I remember that death like it was in slow motion. Yeah. Um, I, when I was out patrolling with a small group of us um, around the base, we were kind of ambushed by one of these big spiders. And those guys had a cloaking technology. We had very high tech suits. I know Daryl can corroborate this. Um, and with a, that just to me always felt like they vaporized. And for me, I had a technical malfunction or a pilot error and I didn't disappear. And the spider got me. And it was as if there was some kind of a, um, almost like a, how do you call it? Just an energy weapon. Like it didn't break my skin, but something in me was fried, like something in my technology. I just remember being face down in the sand, losing my life, like my, body was dead and my consciousness was trying to figure out where to go. Um, but those and the spiders were big. I mean, I remember it being, I mean, quite, quite large and smelly and hairy and kind of um, like a chocolate brown. That's my recall on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I saw them on Mars too. And I remember being told by a German that, you know, if one of the mantises, it was one of we were looking for mantises. If one of them runs into the caves, don't follow it because there's spiders in there. Three meters in diameter. And he said they could control them telepathically. The mantises are very strong telepathically, and they would send them after you. But most of the time, I would just cloak because of your cloaking suits and, um, you know, just kneel and wait for it to lose, you know, yeah, lose interest in me and it would just eventually go back into the cave and hopefully that would be a better chance of me being able to get the mantis rather than me just killing it but i remember we had like a new german from the academy and i became almost like kind of like a sergeant or a chief where i was like breaking in new germans and things like that showing around mars and i um he ran right into the cave after the mantis and i told him to stop and yeah i remember they had kind of almost like a dung beetle kind of two claws in the front, but then they also had like fangs and they could just grab you and then put their fangs into you. And the suits we were wearing, it was, it's like a different kind of tech. It's like uh, the cloaking suits are meant for more like high velocity kind of weapons, plasma, laser, rail guns, things like that. But things like hand to hand, actual force and pressure, they really couldn't handle very well. So yeah, it was able to cut them pretty much in half with like these two like kind of pincers in the front. But yeah, I remember that. And yeah, they, they come out in packs and the mantises could control them. And yeah, and they were about, you know, nine, 10 feet for about three meters in diameter. Pretty big. That's that's interesting. Now, what, one other thing I wanted to add, you brought up the dark fleet, the Germans. Like I've had Penny Bradley on my show a couple of times. I'm not completely in the dark about it, but like, what would you say, what was you guys' connection to that? And what would you say there's places with the American secret space program, like the dark fleet, like, are they working hand in hand together? And if you guys could talk about that, like the German connection 
and what their place is there and like are we working with or is the u.s working with them however you guys want to answer mm -hmm. well i remember in our base we had like spies they called them off-world germans we had like the master chief of the base who was uh like third in command he was an off-world german he was actually overweight and he wore glasses and i asked i asked the uh xo about that and i said that they just manipulate the tech in their bodies you know to mess with their vision and you know slow down their metabolism you know and he said yes i said why do they do that and he's like well we can't just have a bunch of ubermen running around on base and i said well talk about attention to detail and he said yes but yeah because usually they're very fit like on the ships and things like that but yeah we had a senior chief with a mustache he was pretty skinny wore glasses and he was an off-world german we had a first-class petty officer he was an off-world german uh, the lieutenant who was the doctor on base he was an off-world german and i remember talking to him before i left the base because you had to do like one final physical before you leave the military and i said uh you know i remember i told the the xo i told him you know to let him know who i am and you know that i know who he is and uh he when i when i came in there he said to me he said you know we're helping you right he said you know i wasn't involved with what happened to you because the, the Germans also participated in my torture with Aquino when I came back. But uh, he said, you know, I wasn't involved with, with what happened to you. And I said, well, a spy is a spy. Like, it really didn't matter to me. I just saw him as a spy. And he said, you know, we're helping you. And that's kind of like what he said. And I remember Robert even, who was, you know, the XO, his first name was Robert. He said that uh, Kruger was helping us. And there was like a breakaway from uh, the main uh, Dark Fleet. And it sounded almost like that the Dark Fleet was trying to uh, gain their own independence away from the reptiles because they're pretty much just like a vassal state for the reptiles who are just the, who are just slaves to the, the artificial intelligence that is in their body. But yeah, I mean, there well, wait, can you talk about that more? That's interesting, Daryl. Like, wait, so you're saying that the reptiles are being run by AI? Can you talk about that? Yeah, there's like an AI, and as far as what I know, it's in like another universe. So that's why it's so difficult for us to uh, combat it and attack it. And it's one of the things that like the Dark Fleet and Kruger is working on. Because Kruger has a technology where they can go from universe to universe, and they're the only other ones that we know of that can do that. And they and, and there's like a Pleiadian on their universe, and they work together, and they, they uh, discovered, discovered, discovered how to do this to, to be able to go I think he said there's eight different universes that we know of as of right now, as far as what Kruger knows about. And they're going from different universes and basically trying to like salvage the earth or trying to save the earth. Almost as like some sort of, so we can band together to attack the artificial intelligence. And yeah, but the AI is in like its own separate universe and it has the ability to go into different universes. And it's only the AI and it's only like Kruger, this corporation from an off-world Germany from a different, like Germany in a different universe. It's only those are the two, only two that we know that can do that. Like we don't have the capabilities to do that in our universe to go from different different universes, but they do. And they're trying to, yeah, they're trying to get as many like positive beings together and defeat this artificial intelligence that's that has the reptiles enslaved. But it's not like the reptiles are really that good to begin with. The reptiles has kind of surrendered to the AI because they saw them as a more powerful being. And they have like a very might makes right kind of a policy. And so they figured if, if they're stronger than us, then they have the right to rule over us. But they're, they're kind of like trying to figure out a way to betray it eventually. You know, like they don't want to be enslaved to it, but they know they, they knew they couldn't defeat it. So, yeah. And that's what this whole AI thing is about. It's really to like enslave people into this whole consciousness. It's almost like a bored kind of consciousness really. It, would you say the AI, I'd love to get you guys' opinion on this. Would you guys say the AI is kind of controlling this planet? And would you say we're in some kind of reincarnation trap? Or do you think what our, our reality is more benevolent here? Oh, myself? I think, I don't think we're being controlled yet by, by as an, as an, you know, overall by the AI. I think we, it is a little bit more benevolent than that at this point. Um, that's just my personal observation. Yeah. So you don't agree with like the soul trap theory that we're in like some kind of soul trap. Like, you know, a lot of people say like the moon's like a recycling, like it, the moon recycles your soul when you go to the light and then you, we end up getting reincarnated back here and people wonder why they're on earth. And you right. know, people, everybody well, has trauma here. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think it depends on what your level of consciousness is when you leave the body. You know, like what I was saying before, it behooves us to develop our consciousness while we're here alive. That's the most important thing we could possibly be doing now, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say, um, I think we were on the Germans and that was interesting, Daryl, um, about that. I, my experience with the Germans was on the, uh, the dark fleet base when I was little, the first place I was sent off world was with the Germans and it was working Germans, Greys and the Draco. And it was for the galactic slave trade. That's the, that was the involvement that I had. It was a, it was a hub that was also connected to Dulce at the time. And I think that's changed a lot, but just want to add that about the Germans. That's yeah, fascinating. I think a big Sorry, part of AI is, uh, I think that's what, you know, remember Elon Musk, maybe he's changed or maybe he's a clone or something or something different, but he was big into the AI. You know, uh, the guy from Microsoft, Windows, he wanted to do all the AI. I think it had a lot to do with, you know, the whole karma thing where you have to kind of volunteer for it. Like you want this to be implemented in your society. And I, I think people rejected it and turned it down. I think, it, you know, they, they could just take us over, but they want to kind of do it to you like an underhanded way for you to accept it. Uh, your own so that way the you know because there is like a balance there is like a karma and they don't want this catch they don't want that catching up to them too quick and i think that's a big part of like what this whole ai thing is right now but i i think it's failed and i don't think it's i don't think it's going to go any further I, I think we're we're on the rebound i think you know more positive things are happening right now i think we were for a long time like yeah in the dark but you know over three thousand years probably ruled by you know the satanist or the negative or what do you want whatever you want to call it we're ruled by that half of uh, the unit of, of our world but i think these these things are changing now and i think the more positive beings are are taking control yeah we got a question from the chat and i don't know anything about this i'll just be honest like it's uh, dots mc asks, can you guys talk about lapidus the moon of saturn i don't know anything about that do you guys does that have to do with what you're talking about before with uh, wiping out memory of past lives? I don't know. Like the rings of Saturn, I've heard something about that. And I know other ETs re remember their past lives, and that's something that I'm not sure exactly how they do it, but they can erase our soul memory or our consciousness memory in between lives. I know there was that book called The Ringmakers of Saturn, like which supposedly meant that there was like some ET civilization that built the rings of Saturn and that they had some kind of outpost on Saturn. I think that's what he means. Like maybe there's like some kind of moon station on Saturn. Like, um, I'm not sure. Do you know anything about it, Rebecca? I don't have any experience with that. So I couldn't, I wouldn't really say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any yeah. recall of that either. Um, don't, well, another question I had for you guys was, um, where do you guys think, I know you talked about this Daryl a little bit in your journey to truth interview, like the funding where, where they're getting the funding for these projects. Like a lot of times you'll hear that like after or before nine 11, $900 million went missing. And supposedly that went to funnel the, into the secret space program. Can you talk about what you know, as far as like where the funding's come or where you thought funding might've been coming from for these projects? Well, when I was first, uh, a first class petty officer first interviewed me for the secret space for Solar Warden. And he told me a big part of it was uh, the Star Wars program, with Ronald Reagan, where it was satellites. And it was, these satellites were supposed to be able to shoot down uh, Russian nuclear bombs, nuclear weapons with uh, missiles with lasers. And he said that they funneled all that money into Solar Warden. And, uh, I was told by the executive officer, Robert, that, yeah, it was, it was, this, it was Solar Warden that took all the money out of the, uh, uh, the, for the World Trade Center, all the gold, all, you know, all the gold from the World Trade Center. And they also took it. Oh, no. Yeah. That, that's no, that's what it was. I'm sorry. It was, was it Rumsfeld came and he said, we're, we're missing trillions of dollars. And, and then the very next day, September 11th happened. That's what it was. Yeah. And it was, he told me that the secret space program took the money and they were about to release everything right then and there, like positive officers in the military. They were about to just tell everybody everything. And then that's whenever uh, September 11th happened. And he told me it was mini nukes that they already had. He said they have like n nuclear weapons, some of them as small as like a hockey puck, where they can plant them into different parts of buildings and things like that. So it made them back off because they were gonna they were gonna release all this information then, 
but then they found out that you know the satanists the, the negative uh, aspect of earth they have all these nukes planted all over the world pretty much as like a fail safe in case they did lose and you know they were going to be brought to light so yeah th this was supposed to happen back in september 11th and but that that's what happened that they were going to release all this information and they they wound up the satanists wound up blowing up the world trade center which you know scared the more positive beings of earth and so they backed off and you know kind of had to refigure things so you know half the half the earth didn't get a nuclear attack is what they were threatening them with yeah and, and, a, and a real popular thing that people talk about always and what i get a lot of questions about is the moon um i'm sure you guys have a lot of info on this because like everybody seems to have a theory as to what's going on on the moon. Like um, I'll ask you Rebecca first and then Daryl, if you want to answer Rebecca, what do you think's going on on the moon? Oh, right now. Or, or what like, before what? now, you, you know? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I talked about prior, you know, I think things have changed a lot. I don't, I don't feel like there's so much going on. When I look at it psychically around the programs, there's a lot of shifted energy there. But back, I mean, when I was there, but this is back in the seventies, right? Like a long time ago, there was a lot of, of, I mean, it was busy. It was a hub. And, and I mean, my experience was, again, was, was, a, was with the galactic slave trade. And when I say that with the slave trade, it's, it's, it's about humans and human clones, human, human hybrids and so on. Um, human body parts, um, human endocrine system, but it's also about hybridized beings that are not, they're, they're, they're extraterrestrial. So it includes a lot of ET hybrid and ET kind of slavery type of stuff that was going on. I think, again, that that has shifted a lot. Um, I don't think I'm any expert on what's, what's actually going on there now, but when I look at it psychically, the energy waves are, it's like this, it's a lot softer. So, yeah. Do you guys see, or do you, was there a civilization there when you were there, Daryl, or like? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I saw it as kind of like, it was kind of like a, a way to uh, a jumping off point. You would take a portal from an underground base and you would be on the moon and then you would take off from a craft from the moon, the dark side of the moon. And I saw it was also for, as far as what I saw, like adrenochrome harvesting. It was to breed children. People were being bred kind of like, you know, like cattle or animals. And their children were being put through these uh, portals once they were weaned, I guess, strong enough to be on their own, or, I don't know, a year or two old. And they were used for adrenochrome harvesting and underground bases. And it was also used as like an observatory to kind of like keep an eye on Earth, see what it was for the more negative beings. But it was freed. I remember I was, I was told by uh, my XO that it was freed or it would be freed in the future. Like he time traveled a lot. So even... The, way he, the, the amount of time, how much he time traveled, it was, it was confusing for him as well. But it was also uh, a lot of the people who were the slaves on the moon were recruited to fight in Solar Warden and, and these upcoming, you know, battles that were having to free the solar system is basically what it was. So, yeah, a lot of the people, they, it was a voluntary thing. Some of them uh, decided to stay there and just keep working on the moon. And I, I don't remember exactly what we were mining, but there were mines. And, yeah, there was a lot of, like, mining going on, but there was also just trains everywhere going through it, these underground kind of a, you know, a mag, mag lift almost kind of systems going underground the moon. And yeah, it was all underground, nothing really above ground, but all underground pretty much mostly. That's, that's, that's fascinating. Now, Rebecca, I want to go back to something you said about the clones and the hybrids. Like, are there like hybrids on earth right now? I mean, is, and would that be like from the gray abductions that happened? Or are you like referring to something else that's going on? Yeah, it could be from that. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a couple different varieties. I don't think it's limited to what the grays were doing. And and I mean, we can talk about starseed hybrids too. So um, in a way, a lot of us have a hybrid sort of tendency there. But but in, in the, the way that you mean, yeah, I think that there are uh, like products of, of gray, um, th their programs with hybridization. Sure. And, yeah. and, and I, I keep feeling like things are, every time we're bringing up a topic here, I get this inner voice saying, but things are changing um, intuitively. I feel that. Yeah. So, and I mean, well, that I mean, a lot of people. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are saying that now that like, that like the negative ETs have left and that like things are changing. Like, do you guys agree with that sentiment or like, because it, here's the only reason why I say like, I have a lot of people who, 
uh, message me still and say they're having negative abductions. These could definitely be my labs. I mean, I've talked to Elena about it. She thinks that they could be my labs. Like a lot of people think that they could be my labs. Like, do you think that's what's going on or what are your guys' thoughts on like what's currently going on with the planet? And if people are still experiencing abductions, do you think it's a more of a my lab thing? Uh, yeah, I think uh, we're pretty much, you know, free of this. And now I was told that, you know, there's so many underground bases throughout the world that it's going to take time. And yeah, there probably are like a lot of negative beings that are hiding somewhere on the earth that we don't exactly know where they're at right now. But yeah, I was told, you know, the moon's ours now, pretty much the solar system. And I was also told that you would see things like, uh, like things that look like comets or something almost that, you know, have like gold and uh, like silver sparks coming from behind them. And he told me it was ships from, uh, you know, reptiles and greys trying to escape. They were in the underground bases, but the earth is under lockdown from solar warden and there's no way that anybody's going to be able to leave. And I, I said, well, why are they trying? And he, he said, because they have to try. They're scared. They, 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 they know that they're going to die either way, so they, they have to try. And they're trying to escape right now. And you see a lot more and more of these right now on the Internet and things like that. People seeing comets and things, but there's like a strange gold sparks, silver sparks behind them, things like that. And he told me you would see that more and more, and it was the ships being shot down. So, yeah, I believe that, yeah. I don't think they're all gone because there's just so much. There was just thousands and thousands of years for them to just dig tunnels and establish underground bases everywhere and things like that. But yeah, I think we're in the process. And I haven't asked about the base I was at if, if that would be, you know, gone soon. And he said we're working on it as far as like St. Morgan, the, the, the base I was stationed at in England. That's fascinating. And do you. Oh, I'm sorry. And do you share the same sentiment, Rebecca? Do you feel like the most of the negatives are gone and that we're moving on to more positive timeline? I feel like, yeah, there's been a lot of change, as Daryl has said. And and um, but but let's go back to that. You know, the last dish effort to to take people into a negative timeline and people being people are still being taken astrally. People can still be being abducted as. And I agree with this. The my lab situation is not entirely over. However, I think things are reduced and on a, on a shifting um, trajectory here for the better. But that's that's not to dismiss people who might be experiencing things going into other timelines or, you know, I've seen clients who. At night, we're being trained through the astral to fight in an Armageddon timeline. I mean, so so this isn't to dismiss other people who are having experiences that are that are very negative. Um, but overall, the the we're on the upswing is my observation. This is well. This has been fascinating. Um, I don't have any other questions. There's no other questions from the chat. Um, uh, wait. This is an interesting. This is an interesting comment from Ross Daniel. He says, "I heard Marduk, aka Ra, had something to do with the erasing of memories. He get the grades to design the light technology that wipes out memory. Apparently, that tech was on the moon, but is now inactive. Did you, did you guys ever hear anything about that?" <clears throat> As I said, I just know that other ETs keep their past past lives. It's kind of like how they go to school. It's, uh, that's their education. Is they're, uh, They remember, they're taught to remember their past lives while we are just completely erased. There's some sort of way, and that could be it through the moon. or Like I said, I've also heard Saturn, the rings of Saturn are part of that. But I, I'm not 100%. I don't really have a memory as far as from this, uh, this space program itself. But yeah, I definitely do remember that we don't keep our memories and that's very uncommon. Most of the universe, most beings in the universe keep their past life memories. Well, we're one of the few that don't. That's, that, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, now I, I just wanted to thank you guys so much for coming on. This has been fascinating. And if you guys could tell everybody where to find you and how to get your services or anything, if they want to donate to you or, anything you want to promote and thank you yeah thank you you can you guys can find me at rebecca rose barfoot.com i think the link is probably in below in the youtube description yeah thanks so much and i'm daryl d james d-a-r-y-l delta james.com and yeah i have all my old videos there and i'm working on a book so that's that's awesome. Well, um, again, thank you guys so much. I just went really well, and uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. And uh, yeah. Uh
UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input, head now get mystical, mystery and magical, UFOs not typical, Bigfoot not typical, you ask me why I'm skeptical, I say questions are questionable, is the truth alien to you, alien to get my message through, aliens might message you, aliens are sliding through, the wild signal will fly to two, algorithms they find is true, typical, skeptic, shut, Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet and Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show.